Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war We have Fauci finally admitting on CNN. He gave his assessment of how the country's performance had performed from COVID. And he states, we really fell very short. They said that there was an account of interviews in the New York Times magazine that described Fauci as defensive on topics about which he felt his own positions had been misconstrued such as the origins of COVID-19. But he was reflective and humble about the pandemic and his own role in it. Uh, We're going to get into that, guys. Uh, But first, I want to talk about a document that I received um, from someone uh, in the Native American community. And it was a memorandum from the Department of Health and Human Services dated April 21st, 2023 from a Leslie A. Stewart, MD, internal medicine. And it was sent to the Chinle service unit staff. Now, Chinle is, uh, um, is an area on the Navajo Nation. And with me, who I'm going to be bringing in very shortly, is uh, a Navajo woman. Leah is her name. And Leah and I used to work together at Phoenix Indian Medical Center. Uh, We worked worked there together throughout uh, 2020 and 2021. And um, and her and I really bonded very early on. And and you're going to get to know Leah, who actually lives on the reservation, um, and, and get to know her heart and, and her spirit as a woman and as a Native American woman. Um, she has been instrumental in educating her community on everything that we were seeing firsthand. And, um, and, and now they're coming out with more guidance to inject this population. The Native Americans as a whole, I want to let you know um, that they have lost seven years off of their lifespan through COVID. And this is a this is a huge number, guys. Like people don't even understand what that necessarily means. You know, as far as our mainstream media has been concerned, they were pushing, oh, the blacks are at risk. The blacks are dying. The blacks are coming into the hospital. Um, but they they didn't talk about Native Americans, did they? They didn't talk about Native Americans. And for Leah and I, we were watching what we were seeing with our own two eyes um, in the emergency room department. 
Uh, I, I worked also in the ICU and hospital supervisor. So I'm really hoping that this show goes viral and especially hits the Native American communities in our country, because I believe that they are a special population. They are an underserved population. They receive government funding. And what did we do for them? What did we do for them? The handling of this pandemic caused them to lose seven years off their lifespan. And so this is in an article. Uh, it is from the Princeton University. Life expectancy drops for Native Americans due to COVID-19. Now, I will have to say, I cannot stand when I hear or when I read these titles, you know, nurses leave the profession due to COVID-19, Native Americans losing their lives due to COVID-19. No, guys, I am here to tell you that it was not COVID-19 that drove nurses out of the hospital. And it was not COVID-19 that caused the Native Americans to lose seven years off their lifespan. It was due to the horrific hospital policies that were came from on high and disseminated to every single hospital administration in this country who then in turn told doctors and nurses how they were going to handle these cases and what they were going to do, which completely violated the physician-patient relationship. It completely violated the nurse-patient relationship in that they did not want us to give true informed consent. They wanted us to tout safe and effective, do it for others. You can die. Your risk is a, of dying is much higher if you don't take it. And then you have the people like myself and Leah, who with a little bit of research was realizing that not only were we completely flipping the script on how we would handle people that came in with respiratory type symptoms, right? We completely changed our protocols, completely. We violated the patient's bill of rights. We restrained and secluded, uh, I, I won't necessarily say restrained because that's being tied down, but we secluded and isolated people who tested positive for COVID-19 or who didn't test positive, who was presumed positive by the physician if they had diarrhea and a backache, if they had a cough and a sniffle, if they had a headache, right? Like if you look at all the symptoms for COVID-19, it was literally everything and every single organ system in our body, whether it be GI symptoms or respiratory symptoms, right? Um, we were calling them presumed positive. So there's so much that has happened. And it's here to unpack this with me. Um, I'm, I'm going to bring on Leah now. Uh, but right before I do, let me just read the findings. So 
the findings from this Princeton University study is showing that the estimated loss in life expectancy at birth for Native Americans was four and a half years in 2020 and six and a half years in 2021 relative to 2019. The pandemic reduced Native American life expectancy at birth from the already low 72 years in 2019 to 67 years in 2020 and then to 65 years in 2021 for both sexes combined. So to, to just say this in layman terms, the average Native American back in 2019 lived to about 72 years. In 2021, there was so many death, so much death from 2020 to 2021, uh, primarily in 2021, that it reduced it to seven years less. So if you're 20 years old or you're 30 years old or you're 50 years old, however old you are, you can only expect to live to be about 65 years old. Leah, thank you for joining me. Hello, and thank you for the opportunity. It yes, is yes. definitely an honor to be here with you um, to finally um, publicly speak about this openly um, without censorship, without having to change verbiage, you know, and um, well, so just a little bit of a backstory on where I am at today um, with this whole situation. It, it really didn't take long. I mean, I, when the, this scandemic, you know, everything started to, um, transpire and open up immediately. I already knew something was wrong. Um, you know, this whole stay at home order, um, and, you know, just looking at the patients testing in in the early stages, you know, things were starting to trend, um, as far as, you know, like the, um, the electrolyte, um, um, lab orders, you know, um, just everything just seemed to be, um, yeah. I mean, just, I can't even just off a little bit. Yeah, it, it was off. Like you said, everything that we normally would do if somebody came into the, so Leah, um, was a patient care tech in, in the emergency room and, and she had been doing this for years you know, Leah would, uh, was that type of, of tech that knew pretty much what the nurse was going to do and the doctor was going to do for the patient. Um, she could put in IVs, um, you know, she could help us. So, so essentially, you know, she, she understood protocol. So Leah, prior to COVID, if somebody came in with a low oxygenation and respiratory issues, what would we normally do for them? Oh, resp oh respiratory issues. Um, I mean, immediately, of course, you know, O2 sats, you, you put them on oxygen. Put them on oxygen. We of would, course. yes, we would give steroids. We would give um, possibly an antibiotic if there was, you know, um, if they sounded like they had pneumonia right? We would give them albuterol nebulizers, right? We didn't do that. We gave them inhalers, right? 
we isolated them. We threw them and we put them in a, in a room and they sat there. And then if they tested positive, then they were in isolation. Family members were not able or friends were not able to come in the hospital. And for many, many people, that was the last time that they saw their loved one when they dropped them off in the emergency room. And, and so Leah will tell us her perspective of what life is on the reservation, but I, I do want to pull out a, put out a call to action immediately from the onset here. I am working with Children's Health Defense. The email is jody.omalley at childrenshealthdefense.org, J-O-D-I dot O-M-A-L-L-E-Y at childrenshealthdefense.org. I have teamed up with them to start chapters on the Native American reservations. So Navajo, Cherokee, you know, you name it. Whoever wants to have a chapter there, you know, we will help you create it. And what the chapter is meant to do is to be a resource for you guys, for you to have education that is independent of what the government is pushing down your throat. And, and where I have gotten so heated, so I, many of you may not know what I've done. I am a master's prepared critical care nurse that worked at Phoenix Indian Medical Center um, as an ICU nurse, ER nurse, and hospital supervisor throughout COVID, all the way up until I recorded what was happening at Phoenix Indian Medical Center, and I released it to Project Veritas, and the video went viral with over 5 million views in a couple of days before I was censored, okay? I still remained employed by Phoenix Indian Medical Center for 15 months after that. I had to undergo a formal ethics evaluation by the Arizona Board of Nursing for which I was completely cleared. And Phoenix Indian Medical Center came up with a BS reason to fire me and I have an EEOC complaint. They saw no reason to fire me immediately, um, even after their investigation and their hands were kind of tied. So they had to make a move. They made it. I have an EEOC complaint. I um, sat with them in October when they wanted to mediate with me. I said, I'm not mediating. I did not come forward and risk my whole life and career for a monetary gain for you to have me be quiet and go quietly into the night. I want to see a congressional hearing about this. I was naming Fauci, Becerra, Biden in their role in this pandemic. So that's what that's the fighter that you have in me. Um, so for those that don't aren't aware, you can go to projectveritas.com, go to Insider, scroll down and see my name, and you can see what I release, which I encourage you to do so because everything that I released in that video in September 21 um, is is true, and now it's public knowledge, and you'll see how it's public knowledge. So I'm a little I'm a little heated here. Uh, <laughs> We see that. Um, but yes, guys, so essentially that that that's what happened. And 
I get this uh, service letter sent from the the um, Chin Lee or sent to the Chin Lee, and I'm gonna, just going to read it to you um, because we're going to break this down. It states, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, has updated their COVID-19 vaccination guidelines. It is recommended that all individuals will receive the updated vaccine introduced with the Omicron variant, which is the bivalent COVID-19 mRNA vaccine. The original monovalent mRNA COVID-19 vaccines will no longer be recommended for use in the United States. Okay, so, so you understand what, what this means. So this injection, um, they called it a vaccine. It came out in 2020, in December of 2020, when we started vaccinating the Native Americans. Now that vaccine so-called vaccine. I hate even calling it that. So just be aware that I'm not even in any way labeling this as a vaccine. Um, that injection was used all the way up until September of 2022. Okay. So for almost nearly two years and multiple variants like Delta, Omicron that came out, we were still injecting with the same spike protein from 2019, okay? So essentially that's like getting your flu vaccine from 2019 and giving the same one um, every six months, essentially, uh, to people, right? Um, for, you know, two years. So they, they said the original is it, not no longer being used no longer recommended to be used. So this injection came out in December, like I said, and it was used for almost two years. Immediately, we saw it failing in the hospital, right? We saw people coming in getting COVID-19, supposedly, right? Testing positive for it, getting sick, those types of things. We saw that happening immediately. And when this shot was rolled out, there was no guidance from HHS, IHS, PIMC that said, we are going to roll out this experimental injection. And I call it experimental because it was under emergency use authorization. We had very little data on it. We had a couple of months of data. So it's experimental. It was still in the stage three, stage four trial, right? It was not given full approved use. It was only given emergency use. So people are thinking, okay, well, I'll try it. I'll try it and I'll take it and then it'll be approved, right? And it'll be, I mean, people assume that it's approved when they recommended to put it on the childhood immunization schedule, but it's not approved. And they're not even seeking approval on it anymore, guys. They want you 
to get injected with their new EUA experimental injection, which they are calling the bivalent. So I will continue to read. All individuals six years and older will receive a bivalent mRNA COVID-19 vaccine if not given already. No matter how many vaccine doses have been given before or none, once the bivalent dose is given, the COVID-19 vaccination is considered complete. The exception to this are people who are 65 years or older or immunocompromised. These people may receive an additional bivalent vaccine dose. Okay, so here, they're telling you, it doesn't matter if you have gotten your boosters every six months. Doesn't matter. Thank you for doing that. But you're no different than somebody that had zero. We still need you to come in and get one more shot. That's what they're saying. One more. Let me read on. Specific recommendations include ages six months to five years old. At least one bivalent vaccine is recommended depending on past COVID vaccine history. We recommend child is brought in for an updated vaccine if the bivalent dose has not been given yet. So again, doesn't matter if you've had one, if you already injected your kid, bring them back in and we are going to inject them with another experimental EUA bivalent vaccine. And this is where I have a problem with it, a huge problem with it. I watched those numbers this entire time of how many children were affected by COVID. They already determined that children don't even transmit it to adults. And it has something to do with the ACE2 receptor. I won't get into all of that. But children were not, COVID is not a childhood disease. Let's put it that way. Our children basically were fine throughout it. They may ha- they handled it like a cold. Now we are put giving a shot, an experimental shot with just a few months of data on it. And we're adding it to even if they got other shots, there are zero studies that show how both of these shots would interact with each other. There's no clinical trials on that. And the, and, and the studies that they have done have been labeled fraudulent. And I will say this, you know, Dr. Richard Urso and Kimberly Overton, um, she's another nurse on here that has a show. She did a show with um, Dr. Urso, and it's going to be in the show notes. Let me see if I can think of the title because you can always Google it as well. Um, it is called died suddenly with Dr. Richard Urso. I want you guys to take a listen at that on nurses out loud on your favorite podcast app, go search for that and go to that. Um, because he really breaks it down, um, talks about how it, this is affecting the immune system, right? It's going into overdrive. The immune system doesn't know how to handle that. And we knew this could be an issue back in 2020, um, where they called it antibody-dependent enhancement. 
And that's where, um, when the individual gets this injection after already building up a antibody response to it by receiving it naturally. Right. And so now you're giving another dose. Like this is important information that you should have been told. You should have been told that this is experimental. You should have been told that um, children are getting blood clots. Adults are getting blood clots, that there are neurological issues associated with this that this um, injection goes throughout the whole entire body and even crosses the blood brain barrier where you're getting a lot of neurological symptoms. They call it like brain fog, Alzheimer type symptoms. You know, when, when the injection, when people are getting the injection, they are speculating and there are studies showing that cancers are coming back more aggressive. People that had been in remission and typically what we considered remission was five years or more, um, you know, being cancer free, they're, they're in remission. They're pretty much not going to get it again. Well, now we're having people that have been in remission for 20 years and in coming back and finding out that they have stage four and they die very shortly after. We have people that have not had periods for many years that are now getting periods. Like there's so many issues. And so where I really want to provide the information to these communities is for people to understand that there are other people that do not agree with this. And we have been speaking out and we have been censored. And now Fauci comes out and makes this statement you know, guys, I'm, I'm, I have to go to break, but I'm, when we come back from break, I am going to talk about, um, you know, Fauci's response and, um, and we'll go with there. I, I think we lost Leah. I know she's up on the reservation and, um, and they have like some powder out outages. She, she, uh, just texted me and said that her power went out. Um, I'm hoping that she um, can come back when we come back from break. But guys, check out Healthy Cell. Um, it's one of our sponsors that has the gel dose packs that, that has formulations that help with immune boosting activities. Um, because th these types of things are what we really need to be focusing on. Uh, we need to be focusing on health on better health, on getting our mind, body, and spirit right, and um, and really loving and, and experiencing joy. And, and we, we don't experience joy when we don't feel good and we're not healthy. So I, I encourage you to go check out Healthy Cell, and we'll be right back after the break. It's time and The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. 
maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Time this is Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. It looks like Leah um, lost Wi-Fi connection and um, being up on the res, she needs that in order to be able to, um, to join in. So unfortunately we do not have her with us, but we will continue on with this. 
um, because this is a show for the Native Americans. So I wanted to talk about um, as well that this this new bivalent dose, they said no matter how many doses have been given before or none, once the bivalent dose is given, the COVID-19 vaccination is considered complete. Yeah, they don't say for how long though, right? Do you remember when um, Biden, Fauci, CDC, they all came out and said, get vaccinated. You can go hang out with your family. You're not going to give it to them. You're you're not going to give them the virus and they're not going to give it to you if you're vaccinated. Really? Because Pfizer's clinical trial never tested for infection or transmission. That that was such a faulty study. Um, You know, it just... It, it's like, is it faulty or was it just intentional, right? Did they twist things? The media, in my opinion, and our administration is complicit in this. They're touting words safe and effective when we are watching people over and over and over again get sick with COVID-19 after being considered fully vaccinated. So they go on and they tell us that if we take the shot that we can have, um, not don't have to wear a mask, right? Well, how long did that last? That didn't last. They, they wanted those masks back on your face. Even though the gold, even though guys, listen, here's the thing. We knew from all the best available science that we have. Because as medical providers, nurses, doctors, pharmacists, everybody in the medical profession, we work off of evidence-based practice, which means that you use the best available science you have available. And our best available science for decades told us that masks do not stop small viruses, right? They didn't stop it for the flu. And the flu is bigger in size, particle size than COVID-19. So we never used it during flu season. We only put a mask on a person if they were uncontrollably coughing or sneezing so that we could reduce us getting wet by droplets. Our government told us that COVID was spread by droplets. We knew that it wasn't. It was spread by aerosols, which are so small and can go through a mask. And, but yet they perpetrated that lie. They perpetrated asymptomatic transmission, telling us that you can be infected and not know it and kill somebody. So put your mask on your face. That was a lie. In in the terms, like, does asymptomatic transmission happen? Yes. It's very rare. Meaning that it's not a driver of the pandemic. Asymptomatic transmission was not driving this pandemic. But they used it and they kept repeating these words. So now they had people, what they did was create 
fear in our society. Fear increases stress and stress kills. And if you're dealing with a respiratory illness and you're having trouble breathing, the very last thing you need to have happen is for you to be stressed out and anxious and working harder to breathe. But we did that. So, so here's what I'm, I'm saying. What is making you want to trust the government now? Why did you get away from your cultural beliefs? Because I know people that had medicinal practices that um, I, I don't remember the name of what they would do for respiratory illnesses, but people were, the medicine man was doing that for people and people were making these tinctures at home. Like they've done for, you know, generations and they were getting better, but like many people just stopped doing all of that. It's like, I think the government has stripped so many things. And one of them is the, the culture. They've, they've stripped so many things from the Native Americans that it's like your language is stripped. They're experimenting, historically proven, experimenting on the natives. And then they're doing it again. And on top of it, when you went into the hospital, they experimented again with another medication called remdesivir. So the whole time it was experiment, experiment, experiment. And people are still doing it, even though that experiment was failing in front of their eyes. They saw people that were positive that were getting infected again and sick. Who cares, positive or not? People were getting sick over and over and over again, no matter how many boosters they've had. And so this, to me, it seems very Suspicious because we just had Biden come out and announce that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, four weeks earlier than expected, that the COVID national emergency is over. And, and so with it, so is their, uh, their vaccine that they're not going to try to get approved, which many experts had said they'll never try to get this approved because they have too many they have too many um, uh, protections on an experimental use authorized medication or injection, right? So they'll, they'll never seek full approval for it. And they were right. So now they're doing away with it. And I, and I will say this, and, and I'm not saying this to incite fear, but I do want you to know, because I can talk uncensored on this platform, that lots of experts are calling this the kill shot. They're saying, is this the kill shot? Is this the one that really wipes out people? And it's like, it is so nefarious and evil to think that that's even a possibility. But what if it is? What if it is? In 2020, when I was it, it, it educating myself on mRNA injections, they've never come to market before. And they've never come to market because whenever they tested it on animals, 
and they got the infection in the wild after vaccination, the animals all died. And that was called antibody dependent enhancement. It worked on the, the T cells, which are our memory cells. So in, in our immune response, our T cells are like our killer cells are like memory cells. And you come in contact with, um, with a pathogen that you've had before your body with its T cells has already mounted an immune response. And so when it comes into contact with that, it already has its army developed to fight it. Well, the mRNA shots were shown to produce antibody dependent enhancement. And now we're seeing all of these recurrent cancers and, you know, strokes and, and all of this stuff happened. It's like, I've seen, I've seen studies on it where it's showing that this is vaccine related. And so, you know, we look at that and we look at that this injection was never tested to prevent transmission or infection. And then you wonder why are we, why are we literally coercing and pushing this on the masses then? If the only thing that it did was shown to be infected, uh, effective was reducing hospital emissions, well, why is that not everybody's right to choose? The risk versus benefit. For example, I'll risk going and being hospitalized with it. I don't want to participate in this experiment that has a horrible data collection. And what I mean by that is they go out and mass inject the population. Well, who's collecting the data on all the side effects? Because people who feel like they've had side effects from it, they're told that they're anxious or that it couldn't possibly be this, this, you know, savior, the vaccine. And so therefore you don't have providers reporting this to VAERS. So how are they going to test for causation if people aren't reporting the safety signals? They had enough safety signals in clinical trials to halt, the, halt this so the vaccine never came to market. But they didn't. And Dr. Urso gets, on, gets into those details with Kimberly Overton um, on, on their show, which the link is, is going to be in the bio. So it didn't make any sense to me to inject people with an experimental shot when we had early treatment that was working, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, um, steroids, um, antibiotics, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, NAC, um, budesonide, nebulized hydrogen peroxide, Lugol's iodine. Um, there, there's so many that uh, treatment protocols out there. Dr. McCullough has one. FLCCC has one, right? Truth for Health had one. We, we had a lot of people and doctors that were brave, that were coming out and creating protocols. Dr. Zelenko came out with one. 
These are heroes. And then you have the nurses that were educating themselves because that's what we're supposed to do as nurses, as professionals, we are obligated to continue our education on our own. And so those of us that did like myself and like all the nurses out loud that you hear from Monday through Friday on this show, we all did our due diligence and we said, yes, we don't see any contraindications. Why are we not at least trying? We cannot continue to send people home to their families sick and tell them to come back when they're blue. And then we're going to treat them with another experimental medication. Certainly there's stuff that we can do early on before the virus replicates out of control. And just to let you know, there's a lot of talk that this virus doesn't even exist. (laughs) Wow. Go, go figure guys. I think the year of 2023 is the year of truth. It is the year of courageous whistleblowers coming forward and blowing the lid off of this evil agenda because it's evil. How do you have Fauci in his interview make this statement? So I have always felt when there are people pushing back at you, even though they, in many respects, are often left field somewhere, there always appears to be a kernel of truth, maybe a small kernel or a big segment of truth in what they say. One of the things that we really need to do is we need to reach out now and find out what exactly was it that made them push back. Because so many people cannot be completely wrong. Like, literally, are you freaking kidding me? Now, three years later, you want to have a debriefing? And when they do ask you things on the stand, Fauci, you always say, you don't remember. You don't remember. I think you said it like 67 times in one of your uh, depositions. You don't remember. You can't recollect. See, you you have professionals, right? You have someone like Fauci that comes out and says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to put a mask on. You're going to stay at home and, um, and not tell you why. Then you have folks like Dr. Peter McCullough who tells you guidance and he gives you the scientific evidence to back it up. The studies. Fauci never did that. Ever. He literally made this stuff up. What should have happened is the multidisciplinary approach, okay? And that is getting professionals from all over to talk, to tell what they're seeing. You know, in in my hospital, that should have happened. We should have had multidisciplinary reviews. We should have talked. We should not have been censored. So not only did Fauci not engage people, he did not even encourage or he discouraged 
debate, which is at the heart of science. So you have misinformation and disinformation campaigns, which came out huge in 2020. First time ever they want to, they want to discourage scientific debate and data collection, all of that stuff. They discouraged it. And now you're saying that you're open to hearing what those of us who have been screaming from the rooftops risked our careers, have spent thousands and thousands of dollars on attorneys to fight this, have risked our lives, our reputation, our relationships with our family and our friends to do what's right. And now you're coming out saying, well, when people are pushing back at you, they can't all be wrong. Well, that's damn right. We weren't wrong. You were wrong. And it is my intent, my intent with all the evidence that my attorney has from what I recorded in the hospital to move forward with this whistleblower complaint and have him on the stand. And others, not just him. I'm going to go through this article for the little bit of time that I have left. But let's see. <sighs> he says, well, first of all, guys, I don't know if you know it, but United States, we're pretty much, we are one of the wealthiest, best resource nations on earth. And we had deaths that far outpaced most other countries like us. We did horrible. It's embarrassing. And, and I think for the first time, people are realizing, like, our government is against us. They're not for us. And, and if we do not have the courage to speak out about this, because we do have our First Amendment right. We have got to use it. If we don't use it now, three years after watching so many people get injured and suffer, die, where are we going to be as a nation? I always told people that this was not political. They would always say, oh, you must be a Trump supporter. Listen, that has no business in the hospital. Who I support. I come in the hospital and even in my daily life, my ethical principles as a nurse follows me. I'm not supposed to do harm. I am supposed to educate myself, continuing education. I am supposed to notice safety issues and report them. It is my job. It is my legal responsibility to report issues in safety. And like what my ethics evaluator told me is that a whistleblower needs the lowest body of evidence to come forward and blow the whistle. So for those of you that are out there that are thinking like, I need to gather more information, more information, I mean, it's great that you do, but don't, don't wait. Come forward. Reach out to me. Go to jody.omalley at childrenshealthdefense.org. Tell me what you're seeing. 
and I will help guide you. Because listen, this is a hill that I am prepared to die in. My, my world, my home is not earth. My home is up in heaven. And I intend to be the brightest shining light of truth out in the darkness that I could possibly be. Having courage doesn't mean that you don't have fear. It just means that you don't pay attention to it. You don't react to it. Having courage is something that is actionable. You have to act. You have to speak it. You have to show it. You can't, you can't just think that you have courage, that you're a courageous person. Because there's different types of courage. There's emotional courage. That's the courage that it takes to get through a panic attack or to, you know, see yourself out of the darkness when you're falling into a depression or the anxiety that starts to come over you. Having, having that emotional courage is to say, I'm going to breathe through this. I am going to focus my mind on something else. I am going to get through this. You don't lean into the fear. You do the opposite. Then you have physical courage. Physical courage is a a firefighter running into a burning building or a person who signs up to be a police officer knowing that they're putting themselves in harm's way every single time they go to work. Then you have moral courage. And that is doing what's right, even when it's not popular opinion. Even when everybody else around you disagrees with you, you morally know that something is wrong and you are prepared to stand up against it. You're not fearing that your paycheck is going to be taken. Instead, you are leaning on your faith that God is going to provide a way out. You are not concerned with losing friends or family. You are leaning on faith to think that God is going to see you through that and bring the people in your life to help you fight, to shine the light, to be the truth out in the darkness. Do you see where I'm going with this? Like this, this, we have a, we have a pandemic of cowards because if we had just a few more people really speaking out against this, especially people in our media that have just promulgated the narrative because Pfizer and big pharma give so much money to their sponsors See, I could just go on and on, but guys, um, this is all the time we have for today. I thank you so much for listening to me. Um, I know I was really heated, uh, but, but I'm very, very passionate about this. And, um, and I hope that comes off. I, I love you guys. I, I love people. I love being a nurse and, 
you know, providing education and compassion and empathy and sympathy to what you've gone through. Please reach out and let's get some chapters started in your communities because that is what we need. Make sure you're listening to us five days a week on America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's an app that you can download. You can also find us on iHeartRadio on the America Out Loud station. We are Nurses Out Loud. You can find us on your favorite podcast apps five days a week. We have different shows running every single day, guys. Please go on there, like, save, and share. And let's continue to shine our light out in the darkness. Until next time. Be safe, be well, and God bless. This is Jody signing off. It's time.